Hi. Welcome back. It is the end of July. Stop. Welcome back. It. it is March 150th. <laughs> it's the 150th yeah. day of March. Um, yeah, this weekend was our 11 month anniversary. So we did Christmas in July. Um, I just can't believe that year. It, 11 years. <laughs> Did I say month, girl? You did. Because it's 11th month of the year. Because it's March 350th. Because this pandemic is ruining your life. I cannot with time. Like, I've been really off about time. It's weird because, like, I have scheduled things. And I'm, like, doing the scheduled things. And all that's fine. And, like, for example, I knew that it was our anniversary. Things like that. But then, like, I'll say something. And, like, John will be like, do you know what month it is? Like, are you aware of the time right now? And I'm like, I just don't know. Like, Time is very strange this year. I just saw somebody like online complaining about how they like canceled the Mickey's like not so scary Halloween party. And then another person responded and they were like, girl, they announced that like months and months ago. And somebody was like, uh, they announced it at like the end of June. And then everyone's like, yeah, that's months and months ago for 2020. And everyone's like, yep, you're right. That is how we're measuring time. So <laughs> that would be accurate. That is months and months ago. So it's like weird because things are like five minutes ago and also months and months ago at the same time. Um, but yeah, this this has been a long, a long, I sort of been the longest year so far, like I feel like of that I can remember. Um, and I wish that a year would be long, but in like a good way. Because it's not I don't like time-wise it's long. It's just that like bad things keep happening. Yeah, like it's a like, rolling I don't like to ball rush of time. bad things are going to happen. So yeah. we just, we're living like, in it like to rush time and like you know they say the older you get the faster time goes and that feels completely real like I completely get that um but so I've always been like you know don't rush time and try to enjoy where you are like I I try not to like be like oh well I'll be happy when I get to this or I'll be happy when I get to that I'm always just like let's enjoy the moment like yes have goals and work towards those goals but like enjoy the journey I've always been about enjoying the journey but I am not enjoying the joint journey girl like not this year like I'm just like I mean our anniversary was good and like for the most part like John, I've been very lucky during all this pandemic and like things have been like mostly good for us mostly, but it's just like, whew, like I know I'm introverted, but like I'm tired of this apartment. I don't want to see these walls anymore. Like it's just a lot. Whew, it's a lot. And I feel like, you know, the last like maybe month, everyone I know has been going through it. Like people have been like seriously, seriously going through it. Like whether it's COVID diagnosis or like people like realizing like they're not going to be going back to work or just having like other like family issues or whatever on top of everything else that's going on like it's just been like a lot like and a lot of people I know closely are like all dealing with it at the same time so it's just like it's a lot like I don't understand how we're not doing like you know five free therapy sessions as a nation I think we need to do that we can't even get the right amount of money for people to live. <laughs> like, they don't even want us to live. We can't get clean water. Like, it's so me. wild to me, like, that other countries are, like, just doing what they need to do and going about their day. And, like, we're, have, like, we're struggling so bad with it. Um, but, yeah, it's just, like, I feel like in addition to, like, having a stimulus and making sure that everyone is taken care of, like, everyone should also, like, like, as a nation, it should be, like, hey – 
we're all gonna go to therapy because like we're all gonna need it i am wondering like i'm wondering when we're gonna see i think we'll see that from other countries at some point um because there are some other countries that are like very on top of it but then i guess at the same time maybe they're not you know they're not experiencing what we're experiencing so maybe the collective trauma isn't as bad you know what i mean I, i guess i didn't think of that because if they're not in america right now and their country is either covid free like like new zealand or they've had like seven deaths like taiwan as opposed to the amount that we've had you know that's obviously a different not to say that like that's still terrible but like it's obviously not the same as like what we're going through right now so i guess maybe it's like they don't even feel as if they need collective therapy because they aren't doing a trash job like we are so yeah good talk 2020. Hi, welcome to the Heart and Health Podcast. <laughs> We're tired. So one thing that I really wanted to like open with this week was actually that was not planned. That was not what we're supposed to be talking about for oh, opening. Before we got on, Chris was like, we're going to talk about positive things and I have a positive idea. Yeah, I was like, I really wrote out, I was like, here's my little positive opening that I want us to do. So I wanted us to start out with self-care, not with what I just said, obviously I need self-care. Um, and I have been prioritizing self-care this year, but for me, it's like, it's a constant. Um, and so I want to share what I'm doing for self-care this week. Um, which most of the things that I'm sharing, I'm doing all the time. Um, I'm not going to share therapy, but I am going to mention like that is, isn't always should be like one of your number one go-tos for self-care. Um, because that is, it's game changer. And we all need it no matter what, all the time, not even just during difficult times. Um, but yeah, so this week for self-care, uh, one of the things I've been doing, and it's it sounds so weird, but um, I don't know, this might be weird, but I've been answering everything on my computer instead of my phone. So like my DMs from Instagram, my text messages, like everything, I've just been answering on my computer and I won't answer it on my phone. Um, so it's like good for me for two reasons. Number one, because since June, my DM bot like inbox has been like just overflowing and it's just been like constant and, you know, it's been hard to keep up with. And it's like, I love having these conversations. It's so great, but I also get like a lot of anxiety about, oh my gosh, I have like, you know, 15 unread messages and they're all like long messages and like I need to like take the time to reply to each one properly or whatever and so rather than like being stressed and looking at that on my phone like I just allow myself to do it on the computer in which case I also feel like I can write back in an easier way because I'm more used to like texting like I'm more used to writing long emails and writing essays and stuff like like doing stuff on my computer essentially as opposed to like, I'm not as big of a texter as I am somebody who like emails and and that sort of thing. I think a lot of people that run businesses or at least have been running businesses since like the late 2000s probably are the same way in that we've all done a lot of emails. Um, So yeah, it's just like I type faster that way um, and it's easier to write that way. So yeah, I've been kind of like, okay, I'm not going to even worry about my inbox. And it also keeps me away from like, checking it throughout the day because as messages come in at all different times throughout the day um that can be like an issue and then like when it comes to dealing with my inbox like both text messages and like on social platforms I've just been very forthcoming with the fact that like I have a lot of messages 
they are long and I am attending to them. So like, if I, if you don't hear from me in 24 hours, like that is why. So like, I literally had somebody like message me and they're like, Oh, like, you know, Oh, like I messaged you on. Cause I also run other accounts. Right. So like I run like the now account for the orange County chapter and like someone's like, Hey, I messaged you on that account. Like, you know, did you get it? And I checked and it was 10 hours ago. And so I just, <laughs> I just straight up let them know. I was like, I no. run like five accounts at this moment. In addition to like, you know, pouring multiple candles per day, having branding clients that I talk to having one-on-one coaching clients that I talk to and like a multitude of other things and like dealing with the pandemic and everything else. So like, yeah, like I, that's why I didn't respond. Like, I'm like, I, I see it that it's in there. I, I, I totally see that it's in there. I, I can, I went, I checked, it's definitely there, but like, it's, uh, it's going to be like three days before I get back to you, which I think for like DMs is fine. Um, cause it's not an email, right? So like I always, my email's always been accessible. My email is also my name, right? right? And that's something that I, I handle differently than like my inboxes. Like my emails, I do constantly scan. And if something like pops up that it's like, oh, this is something I need to look out for, whatever, I'll respond in the moment. And I just feel like I respond faster in email the way that it's like laid out. Like I just prefer everything about it, right? So I've always preferred to have those like conversations, those longer conversations in email, but a lot of people want to have them DM. That's fine. But I've been trying to, I guess, treat it as close to email as possible. Um, and so like, as far as like the response process. Um, and so, yeah, I've just been like very much like, listen, email me. If you don't, if you want to DM me, that's fine. It's going to take three days to hear back from me. Doesn't mean I don't want to chat with you. I do but it's going to be a longer turnaround than email. And I'm going to take the time and just, I knock out like 10 at a time, you know, when I have a little bit of like uh, flexibility in my day, I'll knock out 10 as I'm like sitting down in front of my computer to do that. So I know that sounds weird for like self-care, but like I really think it's been helping a lot with like my stress and anxiety when it comes to just like social media and keeping up with everything. It's too, like, there's so much happening at all times. And I feel like I'm the opposite where I'm like, I'm, it's three o'clock in the morning and I'm going to write a response to be in your inbox at 7am. But so don't do that. Do what Charisma is saying and like, log off, take a break, put your phone well, in the so other I room do, when you go to bed. I do do that, but I just do it from my computer. Does that make sense? Yes. No, but yeah. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like the bed, yeah. no, I'm going to be on my phone. I'm going to be like walking to a friend's house i'm going to be responding to emails i like i my brain doesn't turn off i'm like putting up ad reports and i'm keywords all the time so don't do those things do those things yeah, on like yeah. scheduled blocks of time be better about your self-care and like loving yourself and making sure that you get rest and like proper time to just downtime and not be attached to the feelings of responding to people all the time which i don't I, for responding to people now that's like the opposite where dms can sit for days <laughs> if it's not yeah that's, well, that's yeah that's what I mean it's for dms because it's like it's not an email and I feel like people like I feel like more this year than ever in my life I don't know if it's just because I have more people in my inbox or what but like people are like more demanding of like my dm time like you know not like I'm not saying like writing to me I love that but I'm saying in a response way like they're like oh, like I wrote to you, you know, like I said, 10 hours ago. And it's like, yeah, it was 10 hours ago. Like it's still the same day. 
Like to yeah. me, that's just very strange. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't like write to somebody in DMs and then expect to hear back from them like always in the same day. If you do, cool. I don't think I've ever chat. DM'd somebody and ever followed up either. I've never because I don't do business in DMs. Like I know that's a thing that happens, yeah. but like for me, DMs are more casual conversation. Unless it's that's- for me asking somebody to be on the podcast, now that's something that's happened before. Where I'm like yeah. in someone's story and I'm like, oh, it's a good idea. Do you want to be on the podcast? And they're like, yeah. That, and then I tell them to email me. <laughs> and then I'm immediately yeah. like, what's your email? I'm going to email you. That's what I normally do is like, I might make the deal in the DMs. And then I'm like, okay, like, what's your email? Or like, okay, email me so that we can kind of move that conversation. So that I know that that conversation is like prioritized. Um, so yeah, I did end up like one thing I've done is like, I've given people, if there's someone who I feel comfortable having it, I'll give people my number and I'll be like, if you really need me and I don't answer DM, like text me because that's, you know, I'm always going to answer texts and like emails faster than I answer DMs. Um, but yeah, I feel like to me, like just pretending that they're not there, I don't check how many I get throughout the day. And then I pick like one time of the day to answer like a whole bunch of them because I do like to take the time and like write it out properly, you know? Um, so yeah, it just makes my life so much easier. Oh my goodness. It's wild. Thank you Instagram um, for like allowing us to do that through the computer. Through desktop. Yeah, Appreciate it's you. so much better. Also, like, no one should ever send me a message on Facebook, but that's a whole nother topic. Let me tell you something. I probably lose money all the time because people message me on Facebook. I'm sorry. Like, like, I forget, like, honestly, I'll not go on Facebook for so long that I'll forget how to even check my messages on there. And then go to that stupid box where all the money is because I don't check it. Um, So what is the one thing you've been doing for, like, one thing that you have been doing for self-care this week? I actually am, like, this is my challenge because I've set my intentions for the fall Studio 44 paper line to be radical self-care themed. So that's like the theme for the, the line. So I'm trying to purposefully do things that are small acts of, of radical self-love and self-care and care about yourself because I don't have time and typically I'm worried about the people 99% of my day. So I feel like um, just being done, whereas like last month because I was launching the month before, I was so like, I'm, I'm never done. And versus this week or this month, I've been intentional on like okay it's nine o'clock I'm done like walk away yeah just whatever's not done it's not done and then that's the way it is so if someone's emailing me after hours or somebody's doing something like I had a client email me about a question um which is fine like it's, it's something that was easy I could have easily this morning been like oh hey let me log in and do this for her da, da, da. and I was like why would I do that like I don't have to right now so I can do it tomorrow <laughs> spoiler alert you can do it tomorrow um, so that that's all. It's just that switching between service and pro- product, like having two very active companies, plus plus companies, because it's not just two, but um, having so many things happening in the at least the officially announced two companies, my brain is always thinking about things like things like just do this thing or learn this thing or learn this new tool or DIY. And I think that's very much an old school entrepreneur type thing where we got it from our grandparents and our parents and our great grandparents where that's their mentality whereas now I think some of the newer people are like there's a course for this and I can just hire someone for that and which you can do like there's there's no wrong way to do it and I think that's where we get burnt out faster versus people who work a little bit more smarter where we are like we can just do it ourselves and save money and then we like are on the couch 
laying down on the yeah. ground crying <laughs> at like an episode of like insecure that has nothing to do with like, entrepreneurship you know what i mean like yeah. just, uh, there's so much pulled up in trauma from like doing too many things so that's been my thing of being like okay i'm done for the day like it's i'm just done i sound small that. and stupid that's but that's that's you. me no that's, that's huge for you you're definitely it's so funny like i think i like i told you like last week like i had been having trouble like getting to bed at a decent time and i was actually staying up like really late which is so strange for me and I, in my mind i'd be like i bet david and angelica are up right now doing work and like it was just so like wow this is like the time like they're up at this time like it, it's not for me <laughs> like, I was, like, it, was, it was like a rough like few weeks because i just couldn't like figure out my sleep schedule but like now i'm like getting back to it but yeah i'm so big on like stopping and like you know i think that like kind of having um a partner that has such a a scheduled like work schedule Mm -hmm. it normally helps keep me a little bit more within those lines like during normal times but right now he is not teaching at the moment because school's not in session so summers are always a bit of a challenge because he'll kind of jump on and help me and or he'll just like you know do like domestic stuff so I have like you know, like he'll do more of that. So then I just do more business stuff, but it, it just gets like to be a challenge because he doesn't have to be up at a certain time. So that's kind of what keeps us like focused during the year. So as much as like, I do love having him home for summers and having him have so much free time, it is beneficial when he is like teaching because it's like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, you have to be teaching, you know, at eight o'clock or whatever. So like, we have to have like that schedule in place. So yeah, summers can get kind of like, whew, because he, like, as much as he does that all year, like, this boy loves to, like, stay up till, like, 3 or 4 a.m. watching TV, eating cereal. So, as we I'm said, like, that's like, <laughs> white man loves cereal. Like, it's, it's become my new, like, yeah. observation of life, and it has not mm-hmm. done me wrong. Like, I feel like every time I watch something now, like, if it's reality TV, or I see someone on Instagram, or their, like, husband is doing something with their boyfriend, or their and son, it's, they, it's they always, like, they're eating a bowl of cereal. Yeah. <laughs> like too much like yes lots of people love cereal like we know that but like it's just like collectively they're all very into it and we're just like i don't it's very strange yeah yeah. so okay so social media on instagram which our instagram is heart and hustle podcast we are almost at 500 which i know doesn't seem like a lot but we also put most of our effort honestly like just into the podcast like it's always been like who are the guests who are you know, we recording with, what is the outline? What are the topics? How are we editing it? Like, like, where can we make it? How can we make it more accessible? Like, where can we put it in more places? Like we've always been focused on the actual, like with this project, that's been the focus, but we are trying to like launch out more and do more with social and have more of a social media presence. Um, so yeah, so we're excited to be like almost a 500 and that's kind of been like my goal is like, okay, we'll start doing these book giveaways. Like when we're there. So I imagine that by this time next week we should be there or else I'm going to fight you guys because it's one person. So everybody go tell (laughs) one person to go follow. And that way we'll definitely be like at our goal next week. And we'll We'll give away a book. Like you follow us and you get a free book. Like dude, like a chance to win. Like do that thing. Like I was saying last week, like Mondays, we're going to be announcing it on Instagram specifically. We'll share which book it's going to be for the week on Wednesday when we're, recording well for thursday for y'all because that's when you listen um 
we'll just share like a little bit about it. Not too much because we don't want to make the whole episode about books because I could totally do that. And that would be not the point. Um, but yeah, we'll share a little blurb about it. And then Friday, I think is when we're doing like the drawing and you'll find out who won. So yeah, so definitely, um, help us get to our goal and go follow us over at Heart Hustle Podcast. And then again, over the years, like we've seen so many people that have either like come to the podcast or just been fans of the podcast. We've got to see your projects and stuff over the years. So keep using the hashtag Blast of Hearts so that we can like seek out your projects and give you advice and help you and support you in any way possible. Um, something that we're going to start doing more often actually is sharing some of our favorite whether it's social media accounts or a article that we've read or something like that, we're going to be doing that a little bit more often at the top of the episode. So going ahead and um, tagging us and using boss of heart is a great way to kind of like highlight your stuff so that we can see it so that we can share it on the episode. So yeah, so now we're each going to share a one person to follow on social media um, this week that we love these people will always be a few different things. Um, one is like inspiring and original and awesome because if not, like why would we be sharing them? And two is pro-black because we don't have any time for anybody who doesn't have the time for us, right? So um, my person this week is, I already know that you've, I'm pretty sure you follow them in joke, I'm not sure, um, but is Christopher, aka Plant Queen. That is K-W-E-N. My favorite human in the entire world. Yes. <laughs> like, truly. Yeah. So a Brooklyn-based black queer femme queen obsessed with the botanical scene, hunty, community building through plants. So, I mean, there's been this big um, social media presence of like black people and plants. Like we've always been plant people, right? Like that's a part of our roots, but a lot of people are showing it more on the gram and on Facebook and things like that these days. And then a lot of like millennials are like finally having like the space and the time and, and giving themselves that space and time to like have these plants and watch these plants flourish and all of that good stuff. So yeah, I love to see it. Like I just love to see like brown skin and greenery. Like it's just a beautiful match made in heaven. Like I just love it. Um, so yes, this plant queen is always like sharing beautiful snaps of, you know, whether it's out and about with plants or, you know, their own plants um, and just sharing information about plants in a way that's like very accessible because I understand like not everybody has like the time to like figure it all out. Right. So I think that it's helpful to follow a few accounts if you want. Like so many people ask me about plants because I share like my daily plant normally in the morning. That's how for me, it's just a way to mark like the next day, because if not, I'll be on and I'm like, oh, I'm posting so much. I'm confused. Like what is going on in my story? So I normally just share a plant and share the day and the time. And I'm like, it's a new day. Here's one of my plants. Um, and people always ask me questions about plants. And I'm like, honey, I do not know. Go follow Plant Queen. Like I, my plants. He, like, well, they, because yeah. his pronouns, he, she, they. So yeah, he, like she, they. <laughs> he um, shares so much information yeah. about plants. But like, it's not just that it's pretty. It is so informative. It's actually, like, yeah, it's actually informative. And I'm like, not everybody that has plants truly knows about plants. Like people will ask me like, what plants should I get? And I'm like, honey, I don't know. Like if you really know anything about plants and you see my plants, you will see that my plants are all easy to take care of plants. And that's because I've learned from people like Plant Queen and other people and my grandmother, to be honest, because my grandmother had a green thumb growing up. So like I knew what I could and could not grow. But like I know enough to know that like, 
I am not the expert on plants. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, right. yeah, there's people that have way more knowledge because there's so many, I mean, there's hundreds and thousands of types of plants, right? So I know about my 15 or so plants. Um, but yeah, if you want somebody that really has a huge knowledge of it and is making content that is very like accessible and easy to understand for everyone, like this is the person to follow. So Go follow them. It's Plant Queen K W E E N on Instagram, and you will not be disappointed. Not disappointed. I'm like because I did a follow Friday and I put them in there, and I feel like now a lot of my friends who normally would not follow this type of account follow them. So it's so nice when I like click in and I'm like, more people are following. Everybody yeah. deserves to. I follow like to be way, so big. I follow a lot of plant people. <laughs> like, I follow a handful, and they're all like people of color just because oh, I don't yep. like I can't like it gets overwhelming too much like too soon um but plant queen is definitely probably one Let's of my say, favorites plant queen is my favorite of all the plant accounts I follow which is saying something because I really actually enjoy all like the plant accounts there's just nothing ever bad about them I never say like oh like I feel like they're doing this for clout or like oh like their content is stale or whatever like there's just every single plant person I follow is always great so like they're the top of the top of my Instagram faves, but like Plant Queen is like the best of the best. The like Olympian, like if Serena Williams was a plant Instagrammer, it would be yeah. Plant Queen. <laughs> um, but I definitely like I'll say like if anybody ever goes through like my list of people I follow, anyone that I follow that is black that has a plant in their photo, I co-sign that person so hard because I I really truly love all the plant people I follow, but they're just the best. Um, my recommendation is Chris the Creative, K-R-I-S, uh, Crystal Marshall, K-R-I-S-T-L-E. Um, but she is a hand, obviously, I'm going to talk about somebody who does design work. She's a hand letterer, an illustrator, and an animator that's based in Detroit. And she has been doing amazing work, but recently did a feature on Good Type, where she highlighted some amazing artists who are also Black people. But it's so hard for black women to break out in the lettering space. And she has about 8,400 followers, which sounds like a lot to some people, but in like contrast to some of the, her lettering peers, it's nothing like it's a drop in the bucket. Cause black people obviously go under the radar, but she's very amazing, super cool, amazing work. So go follow her. If you want to see the amazing type work and lettering work, like I always do. I'm so inspired by people who can, letter in a way that like makes it like there's there's levels to lettering like what most people are like well it's just calligraphy there's so many levels and different styles different things and being a type artist which what she is she's not just lettering or she also does type type design is something i want nothing to do with it is so hard it is so awful it's such a antiquated industry it's very much just all white dudes most of them eastern european because most of our typefaces come from europe the most well-known ones and so people of color people from different regions that aren't in europe try to come out and come and break through the design scene for some reason it just becomes a mess so um i mean recently i think i talked about the um uh ab- what is the name the abstract that docu-series on netflix that um hopefler and co the founder mm-hmm. of hopefler and co was on an episode and he talked about his work as a type designer he's been a type designer and you know based out of new york for ever for his entire you know time and most of the type that we see like gotham that got big through the obama campaign 
mm-hmm. the first 2008 and obviously 2012 re-election where they kind of revamped it a little bit. We know those typefaces because they became popular because of Obama, you know, it became mainstream because of Obama had such a huge focus on using the word hope in those big sans therapy letters. So, but that's still obviously just a white dude. You know what I mean? Like there's not much talk about people of color in the type design space and in the lettering space. So go follow Crystal if you want to be inspired by beautiful things. I just followed her from the Heart and Hustle account. So we can share some of her stuff on our Instagram. It is amazing. So good. It's it's not yeah, very like bright and bubbly. Really like good. it's real like typical like, but she it's just good work. So yeah, and so and she's like a great like illustrator too. Like I'm loving the characters mm-hmm. and the people that she has illustrated, um, especially this Christmas card. I'm kind of obsessed with this that she posted on Christmas of 2000 and, uh, 2019. And I'm like, um, can you do my family like that? So I don't have to pose for a photo <laughs> because I'm so tired of posing for a photo. So let's just do this. Like that's my, that's my plan right there. That Christmas card. Y'all can go look at it right now. I'm going to do something just like that. That'll be nice. Just have it, have it illustrated. So yeah. Yeah. Today we are talking <laughs> We are talking about imposter syndrome today, which I think Who is, she? yeah, it is something <laughs> that, um, you know, like it, it creeps back up for people over and over and over again. And I think in 2020, um, you know, we talked about self-care earlier and like, obviously we started out the episode with unplanned rants. And I think that, you know, collectively, like we're all dealing with a lot this year and so depression is definitely going to be one of those things that pops up for people over and over again and you know that's something that I know I personally uh, battle with depression so I just feel like a lot of times like imposter syndrome goes hand in hand with like depression or just like with your mental health like not feeling your best with like being overstressed like all these things kind of go together right so imposter syndrome is just popping up for a lot of people in some cases it's like maybe you had a job that was really awesome and like you had to be let go of or like maybe you own a business and right now like that business isn't really able to operate under the quote-unquote more normal circumstances that it normally would so maybe you just don't have like the client count you're used to and things like that and so you're just feeling like you aren't able to do what you can normally do. And it just makes you feel like, Oh, like, am I even good at this or whatever? Um, some people obviously are thriving during this time. And so it might be hard if you're not to see people out there thriving and you might think that somehow that has something to do with like you not being good enough or you not, you know, being like legit. Um, so yeah, I think that it's something that everyone faces at some point or another. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's very common in entrepreneurs always, but I feel like 2020, it's just, it's a lot. Um, so yeah, if you're feeling sometimes like maybe you are a fraud or you aren't as legit as other people in your industry or something along those lines, like you might be dealing with, um, imposter syndrome. So we wanted to give you guys some tips and tricks on how to deal with it. Um, and yeah, like how to like move past it. So I think like, again, just remembering number one, that healthcare, like your mental health care has a lot to do with it. 
So if you're not, like, if you are feeling like you're depressed or you're feeling anxious or you're feeling just like your mental health is not 100%, like, taking care of that as much as possible and doing that first could fix other things in your life. You know what I mean? So it's like, Mm -hmm. if you feel like you need to be in therapy for depression, you need to be treating your depression, treat your depression in whatever way is the right way for you to treat your depression. And that could lessen your imposter syndrome or even make it go away just by handling that mental health issue that you have, whatever that issue is. Um, And then I think like, a big key is remembering that it happens to everyone. Like I can't believe like all the people that I've seen that are so accomplished that are like people that are famous that'll be like, yeah, like I have imposter syndrome right now. Like I feel like I'm not it. You know what I mean? I feel like that's very much that conversation in that Zac Efron docuseries on Netflix where he talks about how he's just an actor and he's like, what? why do people care about me? Like I'm literally just playing somebody for some TV movies and I'm not making a mark on this world. And it impacted his mental health because he struggled with fame for, in his eyes, nothing. Like he felt like he didn't have any reason to be famous. So totally, I feel like each breath, Shonda Rhimes, like any book that you read from anyone who's like notably famous or a large notable figure you will even Michelle Obama like when she talks about after she gives birth and becoming in both the book and the documentary and obviously I'm sure she's gonna talk about in the podcast that launched today I'm not gonna Mm -hmm. stop talking about it um she talked about how she struggled with going back to work or like not feeling like she had enough time she talked to her therapist she was so angry and having rifts with Brock because they weren't seeing like she felt like he wasn't doing the best he could and her therapist was like what's stopping you from going to the gym? And she's like, well, this is this. She was like, well, he can't do it. She's like, what? He's not letting anything stop him from going to the gym. Yep. And he's a parent. Like, you don't let anything stop you from doing those things. And that completely changed the way they've worked. They're very, like, groundbreaking for them in terms of the way they, you know, integrate together because they have, they had such notable different careers and obviously still do and was parenting and all these things. And that something, that hearing that from her has definitely changed my outlook on parenting yeah so much whereas like there is a obviously society tells women that they have to be the the caretakers and you have to do everything and etc and so you do inadvertently do take on that burden even if you are a stay-at-home parent that isn't the the person who's working you take on that burden 100 percent instead of and then not making time for anything else and that's where you get into this trap of like i'm not as good as my peers who have no children and don't have these issues or may have more money to have a nanny, et cetera, that they're going ahead in their careers and I'm not going anywhere. Am I like, what am I here for? And that becomes a battle for a lot of parents. And so I think to overcome that trap, that mental comparison trap is now you have to take ownership of your own life and your own ability to get things done and believe in the fact that you've gotten this far with the skills that you have and you will be able to go where you need to go on your own time. You just need to navigate your own personal struggle and stop the comparison trap and going around trying to compare yourself to other people so yeah I completely agree and I think that like you know with the whole Zac Efron thing like okay if anybody's seen Down to Earth it's absolutely amazing you should go watch it on Netflix literally right now you watch it it's amazing also be like very wary of Darren because I was wary of him the whole time and then I get off the internet and the internet tells me that he is the person who created Shakeology and I was like oh good to know, (laughs) which there's not an issue with Shakeology, but 
obviously yeah. any MLM situation, I'm not the best fan of. And yeah. there are some conversations that were had about beach fighting and his time That's there. Super and, interesting. And that yeah. deal. I didn't know which that. Which was, you know, um, the, well, I, I found, because at the end of it, if you haven't watched it, he talks about how he's like, he's like, my ex-wife called me and they go and it's Elisa from uh, Happy Endings who's a very famous actress. And I'm like, this woman was married to this man. Like they, they seem so opposite in my mind because I'm a very big happy endings fan. And so I went down this rabbit hole of like, what is she doing? What's on Instagram? Happy endings is doing a recording. And then everybody was like, Oh, he used to, he was the creator of beach body. I'm like, okay, this makes sense as to why his lens on certain things. I didn't agree with all the time. Cause he did. Yeah. Like some places they traveled to, they did feature white people as a pair as opposed oh, yeah. to some locals and i was very much like why would you do that but then i'm like oh yeah like you invented like chicago does it make sense like it just goes into his it's brand so funny, bubble like um you know like because you've done like video like chicago or not chicago yeah like, obviously beach body and well, beach body programs are great like i don't think there's anything wrong with them like one of the commercials on size um i don't know if you've seen the commercial where it's like the guy and he's like checking out the lady um, at a like grocery store and he's like oh you could have Shakeology or you could buy like all these things instead or whatever do you know what I'm talking about it's one of the little like commercials that happens probably I'm sure, anyways, I'm sure it's like a big muscly dude and like I think he might own it like now and in my mind I just was like he must have started it I have no idea why like of course like no yeah the person it, who started Beachbody but, is different but Darren oh, invented Shakeology okay and so, so he sold that, Shakeology I don't know, I was yeah. like I just thought he did all of it but it makes more no, sense no no yeah yeah like because, why would but his involvement yeah. in Beachbody is still really big whereas oh, some of the course, coaches like, that I know we're obviously like my yeah. friend Darren's on his documentary. I'm like, is he your friend? But right. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's totally it makes sense. Like I was like, okay, yeah. this broader situation makes sense. Which I honestly I, I still... will say this while we're while we're in this tangent, I'm not gonna lie, chocolate shakeology is delicious. Um, I'm not an MLM type person, but it's delicious. But if you were ever going to try to buy it like you better get it from somebody that is not gonna try to sell you because most people yeah like, <laughs> like I, I used to buy it just yeah by, like you know what I mean I was like no I'm not interested in like I don't have any desire to sell and like most coaches were like no but you gotta sell and I'm like no I just want the shakes <laughs> like they're delicious like I don't I want just literally want the products but then yeah. they're like we're not making any money off you you need to sign up your friends for the products yeah and I was like I'm amazing. not doing and, that da, 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 da. like I just want and that's honestly part of the reason I don't have Shakeology now is just because like I just got so tired of having to explain like I don't I don't want to do that I just want to have the shakes um, and nobody could accept that. So I moved You're to like, Garden of Life me. Protein. Oh, Garden of, of Life is where it's at, girl. That's my, yeah. like, that's my um, G. That's my G. But yeah, <laughs> like when Zach said that, I was just like, that resonated so much, I think, with a lot of people. And I definitely think that like what he's doing with Down to Earth is, is very, very important stuff, right? Like maybe some of the most important work that he's done. But that doesn't mean that nothing else he's done is important. And I think a lot of people, when you have success at an early age, when you get to be like, let's say you have success, like in your teens or like early twenties or mid twenties, then when you get to be like 30 or like 33, 35, you're like, have I done anything? Like, cause it's just like, you forget like what that success felt like mm -hmm. and you feel like so removed from it and you feel mm -hmm. like you should have like quote unquote topped it. But the reality is, is that like, First of all, we're all worthy, like, just for existing. Like, you don't have to do a whole bunch of special stuff. Like, everybody is worthy, like, just for, like, living their lives and being themselves and being, like, 
their own authentic, true to themselves person. Like that's enough already. But the reality is, is that like Zac Efron at a very young age was in these like wildly popular movies that honestly brought a lot of people joy. Like I used to teach um, at the after school program and I was a substitute teacher when like High School Musical came out. It came out when I was like 18, um, but I was already like working in that space then. And these kids were obsessed. Like that's why I know so much about High School Musical because I was working with younger kids at that time. And I mean, that just gave them life every single day. They were singing these songs all day long. They're completely obsessed with it. It just brought so much happiness and joy to their lives. So it's like already he's had like so much more of a ripple effect than he probably realizes and that more than he's seen, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, like he'd already done so much and, and then went from on from that to like prove himself in other roles and stuff. So it's like, a, he's a pretty well-respected actor and everything, but with all that still felt like, what am I doing? You know? So I think that like, no matter what level of success that you're on, or if you had success when you were really young, whatever, like it can really still happen to anyone. And yeah, I think if, if you can be an Obama and, and have imposter syndrome, then anyone can have imposter syndrome because <laughs> like anyone, anyone. Good God, I'm like, I'm like, Michelle, if you like, if you don't have it together, what, who am I? Like, wh- no, like girl, <laughs> you know, but that's, I mean, I feel like that is the case with a lot of people that I know, like people that I know personally that I'll like go through bouts of imposter syndrome. And I'm like, to me, you are so amazing. But sometimes it's just hard to see yourself that way. Um, So just remember that it happens to everyone. It's not something that's only happening to you. I think a lot of people, when you're dealing with, you know, a mental health issue, which is what, in a sense, kind of imposter syndrome kind of is, um, it's, it's just hard to imagine that other people are, are feeling the same way. And I promise you 100%, there are people in your industry, there are people doing the same sort of work than, that you are doing that are either A, making more money than you, or B, um, getting more notoriety for it and like more like quote unquote popular or both that have imposter syndrome right now or have had it in the past year. So there's always going to be other people that have it. It is a normal thing. It comes and it goes. Learn to acknowledge it and try to move past it. So that's like the first thing. Um, Also, I think that one thing that's really helpful is keeping a list of the things that you have accomplished so that when you're in those moments where you're just like, oh, I've not done anything, that you have proof like, "Uh, actually, yes, I have. And like, if you work in a corporate setting, a lot of times you're going to get like, awards or some sort of like, you know, um, something like some sort of like acknowledgement that you have done the thing and that you have completed the project or gone on to the next phase or whatever. Maybe you get a raise that's like a formal raise or you get a formal title change, but you don't necessarily get those things as an entrepreneur. Like you can change your title, but you're the one who changes it. You can give yourself a raise, but you're the one who gives yourself that raise. So sometimes it feels as if like, you're not getting that acknowledgement um, for what that you have accomplished. And it's so easy to forget like what you've already done. I know that that's something my brother and I both do a lot. So we keep a list and then we remind each other like when we're like, oh, like I'm, I'm not shit. And then it's like, uh, actually, no, you did all these things. So you need to sit down and you need to like reflect because hello, you've done things and you're doing just fine. Um, and so that's big. And I, I feel like, you know, anyone can get it though, because John literally had a principal like welcome him to his their school and write out the things that like 
he had done to like kind of introduce him to the rest of the staff. And John was like, wow, like that letter was so nice. And I read it and I'm like, yeah, it was nice. But like, he literally just listed the stuff you did. Like you did these things. Like, <laughs> like, this, this is, is, your, this is your literally about life. you. Like yeah. he's literally just explaining your teaching career. Like you are responsible for all these things. Like, like he didn't dress them up or anything. Like it's just point blank. These are the things you've done. This is what you do. And he's like, oh yeah. Like, but sometimes it just feels different seeing somebody else say it. And again, like he has that opportunity where he does have a boss and that sort of thing who can say those things. And that's wonderful. If you're someone's boss, say those things. But again, for the rest of us that might not have a boss, like that is one of the downsides that we can't hear it from a boss. So definitely say it to yourself, period. And then if you know what it's like to have that imposter syndrome, make sure that you're saying things to your friends. Make sure you're hyping your friends up and being like, wow, my friend is doing this. Wow, my friend is doing that. Just sharing it on social media. Little things like that are enough to kind of combat that because it's just saying you see me. Like I know for me, like one thing that you do is that like when you see like freelance opportunities that you think I'd be a good fit for, you send them to me. And to me that says like, wow, Angelica thinks that I'm good enough for this position. And just like having that encouragement, even if I don't land that freelance gig, it feels like just being seen. You know what I mean? Yeah, it takes no time to like share your friends like work or, you know, goals or whatever. Like Shelby obviously just got her first merchandise like toy. Yeah. in target which is such a big deal and i'm like i I need more people to be putting this on their instagrams or they're like shouted out or whatever and obviously maria who we've just had on the podcast just sent her some flowers it's like it's important to do those things to support your friends and uplift them because they don't see it in the day -day. their heads are down they're working they're going into them that stuff can get lost by the wayside especially comparatively to other people in your industry you're trying to achieve a goal or a certain type of like, you know, income or whatever it is. And so when your head is down, you don't see that, that as like a big, it's a big deal, but maybe to you comparatively to some of your peers, it's not a big deal. So it's important for us people who aren't in these industries to uplift and support your friends. And it's so confusing to me for entrepreneurs to not get the same love that entrepreneurs, AKA people who are MLMs, and I'm gonna crap all over you right now because those people for some reason have no problem like shouting to the rooftops about how it's important to support women, how it's important to support small business, how to shop small businesses, etc. Tag me, follow me. We'll be in your inbox all day long. If you launch a new service, if you launch a new product, if a person opens a new brick and mortar, those people are nowhere to be found yep. 100% of the time. I do not care about your socks. I don't care about your leggings. I don't care about your, your shakes. I don't care about your programs. I don't care about your fake drinks. Like I just don't care anymore. It could be good products. I personally, unless you have gone to bat for the small businesses in your town, the small restaurant owners, these small cafes, the small boutiques, if you're not in there, like Orlando has so many small businesses and I know so many people start MLMs and like will blow up your inbox, but will not eat at a restaurant that is owned by a small business owner and will only go to Disney and eat in chains. Yeah, out of my face. I don't want to talk to you. I, we're not friends. Like, don't, <laughs> I don't care. Like, don't you know, message me about it. That is actually spot on because I have owned a business for well over a decade. I have had many people reach out to me about MLMs. I have had one person ever, client or customer that owns an, like that has an MLM or whatever that actually has supported my business. One. And I've had multiple, like, I've had quite a few. more recently, yeah. Which is fine because they, most of the time the MLM is not their main 
thing. Like most of the time, people yeah. have three or four businesses, and but it, it is just really, like way it's to quickly strange make money. because the way that people reach out to me is normally on Facebook, and it's normally like, "Hey, um, women supporting women." Like, yep. I'm it's always this under this model. Blah blah blah. And it's, it is strange because it's like, well, that's interesting. Like, I wonder why you haven't ever, you know. Like I don't, it's, it's strange. It's strange. Especially now that I sell stuff that's so accessible for everyone. Like I understand before, like you might not need a photo shoot. You might not need branding. You might not need social media for a small business. I get that. But like, if you haven't bought a candle or a tote bag, then like, I'm probably not going to buy your shampoo. Just saying. Just, we don't, I don't want your creams. I don't, I don't want it. So it's important for For me. I'd rather have someone reach out and be like, let's like, collaborate on something or something i don't know and honestly it's not really for me because i can find like my friends most of the time are my audience people i'm friends with on facebook 90 percent of the time i'm not making products or doing services geared for them if they do support it that's great but for people that i know who own like brick and mortar stores who have been suffering because of covid these people are also using this excuse of helping out the economy to reopen things and endanger these people's lives, but then never go to those places. So this is where I'm like, but instead of going to the beach or going on a plane to go visit friends and family or going to Disney. Like, this is where I'm like, I my line on like, you'd stop using people for arguments such as to support your shady business practices with MLMs that are gross and obviously like scammy and predatory or for reasons for you not to wear a mask or for you to not like want Disney to be open. Stop using supporting local businesses or economies for that reason, those things, because you're not doing it. Like you're not buying food from a small business owner. You're not buying food from a single mom who's selling food over a truck. You know what I mean? Like you're not doing those things. So I don't want to like put my ears, put my ears in. I don't care if you don't ever see a movie in a theater ever again. Like I don't, (laughs) sorry. Like I just, I, I can't. So I think it's important if you do have the available, like, it costs zero cents and zero dollars to like a post, to share a post, to write a nice message, to send yeah. a note. Like, because again, no entrepreneurs time. are going through it this year, like with imposter syndrome, with financial issues, with everything. So if you can do something like that and just like change someone's whole mood, possibly get them some sales, like it's really. I mean, again, I haven't even like gotten in like deep into the social media aspect of running Kismet and Charisma because honestly it's just been very 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 busy but I sent out just like information just to my close people and from them like sharing has already like I've gotten so many sales because of it Um, but more than that it's just like it's I mean not more than that because I like money Um, but equal (laughs) to that like I'm gonna be real equal to that is just knowing that my friends like see me and support me and know like yeah I co-sign whatever you do because it's gonna be good um so yeah definitely like if you can do that for other people do that for other people and then also just keep that list for yourself number one because life gets busy and sometimes it can be hard of all like remember all the little things that you've accomplished but number two so you have that to look at when you're feeling down and I feel like you know we've talked in in the like past we haven't talked about it um recently but how important it is to celebrate yourself as an entrepreneur and to celebrate your accomplishments and your milestones, um, you know, in whatever little way that is, whether it's maybe you have a social media goal and you met that goal and you're like, yay, we met that goal. We're going to do this. Or 
maybe you had a goal of like, I know for me, I had a photography like bucket list of certain things that I wanted to photograph in my lifetime or do. So like one of them was being like published as a photographer, which I was published um, on MTV um, on their like site or whatever. And then another was like shooting an album cover, which I also got to do and no, that was not the same project. Um, so just like random things that were like important to me and not maybe important to society or other people, or whatever, but that were important to me and a good way for me personally to measure that I was doing work that was like making me happy. And when I would do those things, I'd be like, yay. And just have like a little celebration, like pat myself on the back in some way. So just making sure that you're, whether it's like, oh, like my goal is to have, you know, 50 customers for my new, you know, Etsy shop or whatever. And so when I get to that 50th customer, I'm going to throw myself like a little mini dance party. Like it doesn't have to be like a big thing, especially with COVID, you know, like it can just be you having a little dance party and calling your friend and chatting about it. And you guys being like, yay, that's so great. But just do something to celebrate those moments because when you do that, it also helps you, I feel like to fight imposter syndrome because you remember more of those happy moments. A lot of times what happens as an entrepreneur is something really great happens. You're like, oh, cool. I just hit a thousand dollars in my new shop for the first time. And then you just keep working. Right. So like, you're not really like stopping to acknowledge or be like, wow, this was great. Like you're just going right back into like your work day. You're not really doing anything to like stop and like focus on the occasion. So stop and focus on those things, whether it's like a certain dollar amount or a certain type of project that you want to do or a certain type of client you want to land, like just go ahead and have some sort of celebration. And if you can, if possible, share it with someone else, even if it's just a phone call or a text or like, oh, I'm so excited about this um, because it really does help to like kind of bring that list of what you've accomplished to life basically. Yep. Co-signed. I think, um, um oh, good. <laughs> no, no, I was like, I was like, I'm pausing. It's so weird to still not be with you, by the way. Like, I can't believe that we've been recording not in the same location since my well this, this is the ghetto i know i know we have to keep doing it i know i know i know <laughs> <sighs> i know don't yell at me <laughs> um <laughs> but i was gonna say like kind of going into that is like talking to somebody who gets it who's in your corner who is a fan of you who believes in you who will back you up and whether that means talking to them kind of in a way that's like man i'm really going through it like i feel like i suck just so they can be like, you don't suck and here's why. Or like someone that you can just talk to that you know always hypes you up. I feel like we all have that friend, right? I hope. Like have a friend that hypes you up. Um, but yeah, like there's certain people that you know you can talk to and they're going to be like, girl, you're amazing. Like you're doing so good. I'm so proud of you. So like talk to that positive person. Um, and then of course go spread that positivity onto somebody else. Because we all need somebody that we can like talk to who's in our corner when we're dealing with things like imposter syndrome. For sure. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm that person for so many people just because I, it's important to me that the people in my life feel supported and are uplifted in whichever way I can. And obviously there's different things that I do. And the closer I am with you or to you, the more in depth my like really long, like hype corner or like perspective corner is going to be. But if you don't have those people, um, reach out online like really right now online people are being a little bit more vulnerable and like more open to creating new relationships because of the relationships they have lost whether it be over the politi politicization of like bodies being alive like black people brown people people of color 
other people, LGBTQ plus plus, like a lot of people have lost a lot of relationships just dealing with the fallout from people refusing to like be on the same page with them. So mm-hmm. I know that there is a lot of people who are looking to find common ground with other people. And you may be in that boat where you, your person has definitely maybe changed or their perspective has changed and you're not allowed, like you just aren't friends anymore. You don't have the relationship anymore. So try to find your tribes. I know like, again, I know Facebook's evil. I know we need to get rid of it. I know Mark Zuckerberg is on like testifying right now, probably talking about how great he is. Uh, but it is a place where most people are and there are groups there and there are places and there are space, safe spaces and places where you can connect with people um, and as well Slack channels for groups as well. So try to reach out to some people who can be that one-on-one for you. And again, um, I think we'll go into that next point about um, being a mentor, but definitely find a mentor. I think before you are a mentor is maybe important to help you fight imposter syndrome because having someone who is more well-rounded or more seasoned than you in your area can be very honest with you about where you are and uplift you when you need to be uplifted because you don't have your own wins on your brain all the time. You are only looking at things sometimes Mm -hmm. in a negative view. So I think having someone who is a little bit older who can understand. And by older, I mean like older in your industry. It doesn't have to be someone who is literally older. You don't have to go like <laughs> scoping out, going, don't go to retirement home, scoping out and trying to find someone <laughs> like in a drive through retirement home to find a mentor. That's not what I'm talking about. What I mean is someone who's been in the industry longer than you. Obviously we are a lot, been in our industries for 15 plus years. And so the people who we mentor are not that much, you know, younger than we are. They are very like close in age, but because of our, the time we got into entrepreneurship was so young, like right out of high school, yeah. right into the beginning stages of college, we have a lot more to offer. So the people we mentor, obviously we have a, a longer range perspective. So just try to find someone who has been around for a little bit longer than you in your industry that can give you honest feedback about what you're doing and try to get you back up off of your feet if you're in a downward spiral of imposter syndrome. And like we said before, most likely... It's during a season of depression. Yes, for sure. Um, Yeah, and I think that it's important to remember that you can, like, be a mentor and have a mentor at the same time. Yep. I think a lot of people... There are no rules on, like, like, being either or. (laughs) Like, a lot of people are like, oh, like, I, you know, I'm done. Like, I I had... I mentored someone and now I can only... Like, like it's, it's not like that. Like you can do whatever order it happens in. For me, I never had a mentor going into, um, owning a business. I really wanted one and I tried to get one, but I didn't. Um, and I will say that there were not a lot of, um, people in my industry that looked like me in my area at the time. Um, and they're still girl. I was about to say still isn't not. <laughs> it, yeah, when it comes to um, like photography and that industry, there still is not, especially in wedding photography. Um, it's very limited uh, for Black women. Um, so yeah, I did reach out to people. I'm not gonna sit here and be like, oh, it was definitely race, but I will just say that you know I've talked about on here before about like how. I have been hesitant at a lot of industry things and whatever and like events. And yeah, some of it has definitely been 
because of racial things that have happened. I won't get into all of them, but I'll just say like it sucked. But I will say that um, being able to be on the internet and reach out to other people has been helpful. Um, it hasn't created a situation where I've been able to find like that like mentor that really like came in and whatever. But basically what happened for me is that I started mentoring at a young age um, people that were younger than me because I taught step and dance. And some of those girls, like after, you know, I wasn't teaching anymore and after they went on to um, like high school and stuff, like still stayed in touch with me. So I ended up like mentoring them kind of in like more of like a life way, you know, Um, and I still mentor all those girls to this day. Um, And they're in varying positions and varying parts of the country right now. But like, for example, one of them just took her first teaching job uh, at a high school here in Orlando. And John and I were, you know, like really a big part of the process of like trying to help her get that job and, and make sure she had the right connections and stuff to land that. So that's definitely something that I take seriously. And then I did get lucky after being in the industry for a while um, and finally found a friend who, uh, you know, same age and kind of same experience level, but um, she had some different opportunities they did not have that she kind of just lucked into And she was gracious enough to share those opportunities with me. And after a long time, it ended up to ended up in me getting the contract at Disney that I have uh, as a wedding photographer there. So that was super awesome. And it's it's interesting because it's like I spent less time trying to like work and and fit in in this like very extremely extremely white industry. It's not even just that there's not a lot of black people like there's just not a lot of people like you'll go to an event. There's literally no Asian people and like maybe like three black people and like three Hispanic people. And then like everyone else is white. Um, so yeah, it's, and they'll do things like create packages where they only work with each other. Like they, they do this often. Like it's, it's not like behind the scenes either. They'll be like, if you book these people, I'll give you a better deal. So it literally, it's like when the industry leaders are doing that, everyone in the package is white. So it's like, you know, oh, well, I'm a wedding planner. And if you book this photographer, this videographer, this, 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 and this, and they're all white people. But if you book them, I'll give you a discount. Well, a lot of brides are like, well, yeah, I'll just book all the people that you like because it makes sense, you know? So it's like, it's not a bad business practice per se, but it's just like, it's not one that's very, been very inclusive. Um, So yeah, stuff like that has made it like a challenge in the industry, but by just kind of like continuing on and doing my thing and like, you know, fighting through imposter syndrome at many a times where I've had like freak outs and I've been like crying and I'm like, I'm terrible. And John's like, you're not. Um, and having this, you know, particular friend who didn't buy into a lot of that industry garbage and kind of did her own thing and like forming that friendship with her, it's led to me having a contract that a lot of them like wish that they could have, you know? Um, so yeah, it all works out, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. (laughs) Um, I definitely think that if you can mentor, it's so important to do so. Like I mentor people that look like me and then also people that just don't look like the typical person that is having lots of opportunities handed to them. So that's just something important to me to make sure that even if we're not in the same industry, um, I'm making sure that they are getting to where they need to go in their industry. Um, But at the same time, it's like, I think being open to being mentored is so important, like throughout your life, like there's always going to be people that know more and that understand more um, as you go forward. So just kind of always being open to that is so important. I know that like, 
switching over into product-based business, it's so interesting for me because I've worked with a lot of clients um, where I've done their branding and run their social media and they have been product-based businesses. And now I find myself reaching out to them and being like, okay, like when you needed like this service-based stuff, like you were coming to me, but I'm going to now be coming to you with questions because, you know, you have been doing this product-based thing. And even though I've been in business a long time, this is new to me, you know? Um, so yeah, just kind of like knowing that, you know, maybe somebody that you worked with before and you were the expert, then maybe like you're going to turn around and the situation will be switched and that's totally fine. Um, but yeah, definitely having a mentor and being a mentor can both be really beneficial. Um, and then also teaching because if you have like knowledge of something and you can share that knowledge, like not only is sharing that knowledge just the right thing to do because it's just great and it's awesome and it's fun and whatever, but also like in those moments where you're feeling like not 100% yourself, like that reminds you like, oh no, I do have this. Like I have taught other people this and these are the people have benefited and these are the people are flourishing. And sometimes it takes looking at the people that you have taught. Like I literally, like it helps so much to look at people that I've taught and been like, oh, like they went to like a speech that I gave and they applied that and they're doing well. And like, that's just a huge in your face reminder, like, okay, this imposter syndrome is BS and it's just lying to me, you know? For sure. Yeah. I definitely like this weekend, obviously it spoke at the freelancers conference on podcasting, which are what we're doing now. And um I didn't which you I were know, the I queen just... of knowing about lies uh so I it's didn't not really a lie y'all <laughs> expectations at all of like the audience or whatever but I really was so thankful to have such an engaged audience and then just having so many questions where I couldn't even keep up with questions and people being engaged and like so many compliments and then people signing up for a newsletter just because of this and all that stuff and following me on social and um even people someone who didn't go to that talk, saw that I had more information and reached out to me, DM and was like, oh, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. So it's just like this snowball of like, wow, people really respect my opinion on something or care enough about what my thought process is. By the way, thing. where did we land on finding out like you if can, that's something can pay watch? for um you you donate to the Perfect. freelancers union um situation. So it's thirty five dollars I think for the workshops and then forty five dollars for all of it. And then you have access to those videos so um we'll put awesome. the link in the show notes again because yeah, a lot of people were like as you know my husband is very emotional and he's a pisces and if i would have been like so about our anniversary i'm gonna do this instead he would have been really sad no, so don't, first I, of all let's <laughs> not blame this on john don't do that don't, don't put him in the streets like that don't put him in the streets don't put him in the gutter listen, though, it's his anniversary first like y'all got married before the freelancers conference was a thing don't come don't do my friend like that like it's we're gonna stop slandering husbands and babies in 2020 honestly, he honestly sounded like he was mad that we weren't gonna do something bigger because i was just like oh well i guess we'll do like christmas in july because like you know we'll be home so we'll like watch christmas movies and like eat christmas cookies and watch you know just chill out or whatever and like at first he looked like he was like pained and I'm like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, did you have a better idea? And he's like, no, I guess that's okay. But like, I feel like he was like wanting me to be like, we're going to have romance. And like, I don't know, like, I don't know what he wanted, but <laughs> what he got is he's like, you watched Brown Sugar. <laughs> you've watched Love and Basketball. Oh. You've watched these things it may happen. So 
No, it was fine. Like, no, it was definitely, it was a, it was a great opportunity to connect with people who are locally. There were about a thousand people who registered That's um, at any given moment. There was like 300 people in the conference. Like it was yeah. insane. It moved so quickly. And I cannot like explain to people how free events have so much networking power and yes. so much information and like don't skip out on these virtual events i think i even wrote a blog okay, post on it the screenshots too it looked so diverse which was really awesome oh yeah oh no it was yeah. a very and that's one of the things that i'm obviously going into in 2020 and not like forward going forward i think i said this in like 2018 i'm not coming to your event if it's white and i'm the only black person like i'm not doing it i'm not coming to the event if it's all men and i'm the only woman you need to have a very diverse planned event so the events that I have been in conversation with or I've talked about or whatever the case may have been have had really diverse panels and keynotes and experiences from people from not even just diversity in like gender or like race, but also age diversity is very important to me when it comes to digital events, and especially in the digital space, tech space, because people try to age out people yeah, very much so and want to focus on younger people or people who are around the same age in your 30s yep. and your, your early 40s. And that's not okay with me like you need to have people of all ages be represented because people who come to these conferences of are of all ages it's so diverse so it's so wild to me when people have speaker lineups and it's just like 25 white dudes who are named chad that are all 31 years old like no that's not we're not doing that anymore in 2020 like we're, we're done with that so it was a good event and it was very helpful to talk to people and be reminded again of why speaking is important because again like you said teaching other people is just a reminder of the knowledge that you have obtained for yourself. Yes, definitely. So the last tip I want to share about fighting imposter syndrome is accepting your failures. Um, And I think that the reason that it's so important is because you can understand that you are good at what you do and you are successful, but also a human being that is not perfect. And I struggle a lot with perfectionism, which is a big reason of why over the years I have struggled with imposter syndrome in the past. Um, Because if I'm not perfect, like a lot of times I have a hard time understanding that I still have value as an entrepreneur, as a photographer, as a branding expert, as a person. Um, Because I, I, perfectionism has been ingrained in me like over the years I'm like starting to unpack a lot of it um, as I get older, but it's like, I, you know, I was not allowed to have anything less than like perfect A's, like straight A's. And if I had like every single Friday, I had to get a piece of paper signed by all my teachers. And if I had four A's and two B's, then I was able to have like a normal weekend and I could like go see a friend or like watch TV or whatever. But if I had three B's, then that was unacceptable. This is not like even a progress report. This is like just a weekly thing I had to do. If I had three B's, then I was failing and it was, it was just unacceptable. And then I was like essentially like grounded for that weekend. Um, And so whenever I brought home a B or an A minus or whatever, it was just always like, why isn't this an A? So, you know, that's just something that, like, I have been slowly unpacking. My brothers did not have that same experience at all. My brothers could bring home whatever grades, really, and my mom was just kind of like, yeah, that's fine. Um, so it was a very different upbringing. And we are seven years apart, so, like, 
I think it's partially that. It's partially that my mother is Italian and like in that culture, a lot of times like women are just, let's like women have to do more stuff and it just are seen differently. So like in my family, it would not be uncommon for like, if we're having family reunion for like some of the women to be like, Oh, do you want to come do these dishes? But then like not ask my boy cousins who are the same age to come do these dishes. And so, you know, it's just like women just had to be like perfect all the time, like perfect grades, look perfect, not eat too much, not, you know, way too much. Like just like perfect on all accounts. And, and that also spills over into, you know, like work. And even today, like if I say I'm not good at something, which like, I'm sure I've mentioned it here before that I'm not good at math. And I mention all the time, math is not my thing. I'm not great at it. Did I get good grades in math in school? Yes, but I really fought hard for them. Um, and so when I'm like, yeah, math is not my thing, my mom will make excuses because she's just not, she can't accept that I'm not good at something. Even to this day, I'm 33 years old. She cannot accept that I'm not good at math. And so that's one of the conversations that like we have to have, that I have to continually have with her where it's like, it's okay that I'm not okay at this thing. You don't have to make excuses for it. Cause she'll be like, Oh, like you're going through a phase where you're not good at this or, Oh, like, you know, maybe the teacher wasn't that great. And that's why you got to be, you know, like it's always has to be like something instead of just like charisma's not perfect and can't do everything. Like, and so I'm learning to like say that and be out loud with that and be okay with that and be like, these are the things I'm good at. These are the things I'm not good at. And that none of that means that I'm not good at my job. None of that means that I'm not an awesome person, you know? Um, so I think that the more you embrace the failures that you have and the more you embrace like who you truly are, you can just accept it. And you're not going to feel like an imposter because you're going to know what you're good at. Like I am good at branding. Like any of my branding clients will tell you that I'm awesome at it. I am a great photographer. Like I truly am good. Like sometimes I look back at my own work, especially from like my early days. And I'm like, wow, I shot that at a really young age when I was really just getting into photography and that is still good and holds up today. Like I am proud of that work. None of that makes me good at math and that's okay. You know what I mean? Like I'm not a mathematician. I don't really need to be amazing at that to be good at my job. So like you don't have to be good at all things to be like good at what you do. So the more that you can be honest with that, the better. And maybe you are bad at some things that have to do with your job, right? So maybe you're good. You're really good at like your specific thing that you do, but maybe you're terrible at marketing and that's okay because like maybe your job isn't a marketer. It just involves marketing. So then you have like two choices. You either decide, okay, I'm going to really pour into this, learn about it and maybe get better. Or maybe you're going to hire somebody who's going to implement a good marketing strategy for you. And then you just follow that strategy because you don't have to be good at everything to be good at what it is that you do. So yeah, just accept your failures, accept who you are fully. And it's going to make things a lot easier. It's going to have, make you have a lot less imposter syndrome in your life because imposter syndrome and perfectionism, they go hand in hand, baby. And it's not good. Nope. I'm like, cosign, cosign all the things. Like that's pretty much it. I just, I think it's, it's, well, it's a podcast. Um, You knew what you signed up for. Yeah, it's probably Um, good. (laughs) I cannot say how important it is to know what you are good at and what you're not good at is a skill set for yourself to excel in your business. 
understanding your weaknesses will help you go further than if you assume that you are good at everything. Again, I just said that I try to do everything on my own, but that does not mean that I am good at all of it and that I am good at everything. And there are obviously certain things where I will outsource, hire someone, pay someone, tell someone else to come get this away from me. Like I'm not good at it. Don't look at it. That's just the reality of life. We can't be perfect people. And I like, I know this is such like a, the old saying from sure almost everyone's grandma, but my grandma especially was always like, there's someone smarter, prettier, richer, better than you at something. So like worry about the things that you're good at and not worry about being the best at everything. Cause there's always going to be somebody that's better than you at something. Yeah. And that is so important to me because other people apparently didn't get this lesson growing up. There are some people who didn't. And then they, they have this issue with trying to be the very best or very comparative to their peers in a way that becomes unhealthy. And I think it's important to have peers that you can look up to and kind of like gauge mm-hmm. yourself. Obviously, if anyone's done any type of social media marketing, you know that you consistently gauge yourself against your competitors in your industry. So mm-hmm. you're constantly looking at those people to try to figure out what they're doing, learn from them, and also learn from their mistakes and see what works best for what you're doing. So that's not like a not part of business, but it becomes unhealthy when it starts to bring you down again to this imposter syndrome trap and where we're upset and like unhealthily thinking about yourself in a negative way that can lead to further depression and harmful behavior so we just want to be sure that you know that you're not going to be great at everything and that's okay that's totally fine we are all human beings that's no one is no one person is good at everything and sit with it and be okay with it and know about it so you can obviously hire for those things or not avoid those things that if they're not helpful for your business and move on like I just think it's not worth sitting into a pit of despair over because you aren't as good of a calligrapher as someone else or you can't (coughs) edit photos as well as another person you know what I mean I so definitely take your time like I'm so bad at math let me tell you that when (laughs) I was in my early days um, of owning a business, like maybe this was like maybe year one or year two, I had made like a spreadsheet with my income and then like a spreadsheet with like my expenses. And I thought I was like real organized and like had it together. And I go to my CPA and I give her everything. And I'm like, look at me. Like I did the thing and I did the math and whatever. The math was wrong, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Like this is my official businessy documents that I'm giving to my CPA and I'm, I, you know, I've spent the time on it. Like, it's not like I half-assed it. Like, no, I really, I put in the work and did my best. I truly did. And it was wrong. And so I had to tell my mom that the other week to be like, no girl, I'm not good at math. Like, let's talk about the time when I was an actual business owner and brought my CPA paperwork where I did the math and the math was wrong. And this is <laughs> why I have a, a good CPA and now I have like software that pretty much like does most of the math for me. And that's not to say that like, I don't still, you know, I still try to like, you know, do my best and whatever, but I will be straight up. Like I have John look over anything that involves math because he is amazing at math and he is legitimately like a math teacher. So I'm like, here, you need to look at this. I still try and I still do it. Cause I'm like, you know, there's no, that's not to say that I can't grow and be better, but I have accepted that that is not my area of expertise and that is okay. <laughs> like, Cause girl, like it was so funny. My CPA was so nice about it too, but I was just like, wow, I really just gave you like the wrong, like I just did the math. I don't even know what I did, but I just added and subtracted wrong, which is bad. <laughs> <laughs> but my mom will still tell you to this day that I am not bad at math. 
yeah. Well, so you know, parents don't, don't be see their mom. children in a different lens. It's a, that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> We're not going to get into oh, that parenting psychiatry. Let's God. not do it. <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> so yeah, if you have any tips on how you defeat imposter syndrome, send them in. Email us at heart and hustle po- heart and hustle podcast at gmail.com. You can obviously always hit us up on Twitter at Heart Hustle Pod, on Instagram, Heart and Hustle Podcast. Use the hashtag Boss So Hard. We would love to share those tips out with our listeners next week. If you have anything, so send them to us so we can read them out next week for the episode. But if not, just show us what you're doing. Come show us your work. Show us your things. We're trying to uplift people at the top of the episode, like we said. So if you have cool projects that you're working on, you want to see them, you got to tag us in them. You got to use the hashtag so we can actually see them. We we try to find you, but we don't know you're there unless you tell us you're there. <laughs> yeah, a lot of you are secretive. Um, and also, do not forget to tell at least one friend to go ahead and follow us on Instagram so that we can start giving away so these can free books. 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 Yes. There's, the books. There's, like, we have them. They're here. They're ready. But we're just waiting to get to that number so that we can unleash these free books on y'all. So we are very excited about that. Um, so go ahead and head over to the Instagram and give us a follow there. But yeah, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for all the rating, the reviews, the shares. All of those things mean so much to us. Obviously, we would not be here if it weren't for the fact that you guys still are listening to this for some reason. <laughs> like, it was years. very unexpected. I guess it's my imposter syndrome speaking, but I totally, when we were coming back to the podcast, I was like, who's still listening to this? Why would you do that? Because we've had we got a year hiatus and then had the same number of average listeners per episode that we did before we left so i am very grateful for you guys obviously without a podcast i couldn't have done a podcast talk or have conversations about podcasts on my blog so i appreciate you for coming and listening and hanging out and let's all go listen to the michelle obama podcast if you haven't today and also strong black lead on netflix just announced that they have acquired like so many black sitcoms that are coming to netflix so there's another black win that i am going to shout out now because it just happened like while we're recording and I think that's important that black yeah. people and black women are doing the work over at Netflix to get these deals done and black actors and actresses who are like our staples our favorites that we grew up with are now going to benefit from the work that the women are doing over there at Strong Black Lead so if you have not been following Strong Black Lead on Twitter for some reason go follow them on Twitter and Netflix there's also a podcast to listen to I think it's important for us to continue to uplift our black voices and amplify black voices and melanated voices as much as we can so and definitely go listen to Michelle Obama's podcast because we are going to probably talk about it next talk week. Talk about so. it. We're probably like, I'm yeah. like, I'm ready to go sit down. Like, let me get off this, yeah. <laughs> let me get off this podcast so, so I can go listen to Michelle and Brock. Go listen to that right now because I know we're going to talk about it at the top of the episode next week. So we're going to, I think maybe we'll pull out some lessons from yeah. it. That would be yeah. my, like, my tip. So this is your homework. Go listen to the podcast and then come back next week. So yeah. thank you guys. Bye.